Hi, this is Victoria Miracle and Purposeful Woman Podcast. My goal for this podcast is to bring you the best information from the brightest woman in the world. Let's go. I'm Victoria and I'm your host for those who knows their own the mission and today we have a very special guest and it's a fierce strategist Robin Joy Mayers. Hi Robin. Hi Victoria. And I will wanted just to give a little bit brief about who you are because it's just a blend of science and life and emotions. I love it. It's a she's a molecular geneticist turned fear strategist. TEDx speaker, author, and mentor, Robin Joy specializes in the science-based strategies and techniques for self-awareness, mindset, leadership, balance, and boundaries, and the positive power of fear to empower women with tools to change your mindset and limiting beliefs that can put into action immediately. Hi, Robin. That's <laughs> a wonderful blend of just a science-based, right, uh, education with the fear and life coaching. Uh, like how, what is your story? <laughs> how, how that have happened? I've never heard somebody uh, saying that it's a fear strategist. Well, when I look back now, I basically, I think, lived my life in fear of myself. I was the youngest of three. I had two older brothers. And so I was the protected little girl. And that's great, but I didn't use my voice. I was shy, introverted, great people pleaser. And so I went through life having decisions made for me. And I never kind of questioned any of it. So went to college, which was really chosen by my parents. I was going to go to medical school and I didn't get in. So I went to grad school. And so I got my degree in molecular genetics. And during that time, I isolated a gene. I found a gene in fruit flies that <laughs> causes a mutation in wing formation, impeding flight. But I never gave that any credit. I'll go back to that because to me, I could hide in the lab and I didn't have to speak to anyone and no one really had to see me. And I just went through life. But during that time in graduate school, my mother died of cancer. She was 53 and I was 21. And so I just became more lonely and isolated and frankly depressed. But I didn't really know what to do. I met the guy who became my boyfriend then husband who said, you know, he lived in Washington, D.C. I went to school in Ohio. And if I was serious with him that I should just get my master's degree, not get my Ph.D., I moved to D.C. with him, got married, raised a family. And then I was everyone's everything, but I couldn't define who I was. So ironically, raising a family, having my kids, I have three kids, my youngest is a daughter. It didn't hit me until I turned 53 and she turned 21, which I think is so strange. <laughs> Talk about like divine intervention or something. But um, it really made me realize like, who am I? You know, I never took time to figure me out. And it really set me on a journey of self-awareness. Wow. Yeah. Do you believe, like, when is a good time to start, uh, go on this journey of, like, self-awareness? And, like, how can we do that? I think 
the earlier, the better, I think. And that's why I love like the millennials, you know, people find you hear all kinds of things like in the corporate world, you know, they're so difficult to work with. And I think you guys, millennials have such a positive attitude. So hats off to you. I think honestly, the earlier, the better. I think if you can start, frankly, in your teens, start advocating for yourself, certainly in your twenties, I don't think there's no time is too early. And really it's, it's by taking time to reflect on you and really think about, get into good patterns and routines, Mm -hmm. you know, journal, think, you know, what do you want for your life? And it doesn't have to be what you think society wants you to do. It doesn't have to be what you think your parents want you to do. It's really your life and you can create what you want. So any age, but you just have to learn who you are and learn to trust your decision. Yeah, I, I like that question. What do you want? You know, I, I wasn't the one training and like we were asking each other for like nonstop for like, I don't know, a 10 minutes or 30. And then it's it really like, you know, sometimes like I was just freeze. I was like, just I get to like really think about it because like I already answer everything society told me to, right? Like from just from my tongue because that's what you always do. And then I was like, oh, you know, oh, that's what I really want. And it just keeps coming up. But yeah, keep asking yourself on what do you want? And we want a lot of stuff, right? A lot of us like have a lot of ambitious. We're like, I want to take a word. I want to change the world. But this fear is stopping us. You say like, is it really real? (laughs) What is that fear? Fear is totally real. Totally real. So the science of fear. So yeah, so everyone take a deep breath because it's totally real. So our brains are brilliant. And fear is our mechanism to wake up and pay attention. Sometimes it's pay attention because something bad is happening and it's your fight or flight response. You should flight, you know, get away. But I think that's the other thing in in our our world. We put fear in this negative paradigm of stop and be paralyzed. And that's the conversation and what I want to change in the world because fear actually ignites you to pay attention and go forward. So the science of it, basically for the, reaction of fear to happen in your brain. There's five areas of the brain that have to work together. One area is the amygdala, and the amygdala actually stores imprints from pre-verbal stages throughout your entire life until you die. And pretty much before age seven, all those imprints are from your parents or caregivers, (laughs) everything that they're probably afraid of. And I always like to use the reference of, like, think of it like a tattoo. So every single incident is like another tattoo, but you can remove it. Not the easiest, but you can remove it. Mm -hmm. So you have to recognize what that is and get used to changing the patterns of behaviors to remove it. Mm -hmm. So how do we remove it? So in our brain, there's something called neuroplasticity, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the hot topic. But neuroplasticity is our ability to kind of rewire our patterns and behaviors. So all the bad patterns become bad behaviors, but you can create good patterns. And actually when you see all these like 21 day challenges, that's kind of the minimal time. So the more you repeat an activity or a thought process or like a mantra or something like that, the more you repeat, the more it's called the neuronal pattern does it 
And the more it does it, the more it gets used to doing it. So it takes a minimum of 21 days for it actually to become a new behavior. Now, the thing is, I like to tell people, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Because in those time frames of 21 days, you know, remember your brain is brilliant. And your brain's like, wait a second, it wasn't so bad. Why are you trying to change this? It's so much easier. It takes work to change it, right? So why are you working so hard? Don't do it. So you have to kind of fight your immediate response and tell your brain to quiet down and tell your negative talk and your self-doubt and all of that to just quiet down that you're, you're doing something different. Mm -hmm. So just, it's like, use it as a navigation, what I'm hearing. Like if you, if you feel a fear, think of it as a like navigation and it's actually tells you like, yes, let's go there. That's what I feel. That's what I, I, I want like always say for my fear. I was like, okay, so that's probably where I get to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's good because it's, it's make, I think what, yeah. what's good about, it, and even in this day and age right now with what we're all going through in the world, it's making us wake up. It's making us be really present on how we live, how we wash our hands, how we prepare. You know, it, it's totally woken the world up. When the pandemic got to, had to happen for people to start to wash their hands. It's like, now we create a new habit. Now we're going to go and wash our hands. Even this is over, which is exactly really good for us, right? Exactly, right. Yeah, so I would love to talk about how did you transition, right? You work with the people who is transitioning and like, what, what would you suggest to people who is thinking of a transition to a new career? Because now the world is shifting, obviously, and we get to learn and adapt to new normals, mm -hmm. right? to new like behavior and normals as well, like being home and working from home. Like, what, what would you suggest for people who's been already thinking of that idea? Like, I want to do something else. Like, I want to go here, but I'm like, I'm still here because it's like, right, my security. But like, now it's a really good time. Like, what would you? What is your so, answer? you know, I think actually it's almost a gift for people right now in the sense. And unfortunately, there's people that are very sick and that have lost lives and stuff like that. But on the positive side, it's a gift because when has, have you ever had this opportunity to be forced to be at home? So you're hopefully working a whole lot more efficiently. And so take the time. You're not going anywhere. So really start thinking, like, what is that thing that you've had that desire to do? You know, and it's a great time to read about it. It's a great time to take an online course. It's a great time to plan because Honestly, we're not going anywhere anytime soon. Maybe so. finish a course. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, maybe just finish the courses that you already have. <laughs> to yeah, and that loop and don't feel really overwhelmed of new courses. <laughs> yeah, just start planning and, and really write down what is it that you want? You know, what are you trying to create? And don't worry about, you know, somebody else might be doing it or why should I start it? Because I, I know someone's tried this and they seem successful. You, you are your own person and you're going to attract the people that are attracted to you. So I always say that, like, don't feel that imposter syndrome thing. And now is the time to dance and stretch and move our bodies. Let's go.
how to start a business? Like, how did you transition in your life from, right, from being in lab laboratory and being your own boss? So I went from the lab to teaching. I taught actually for a while. So I taught biology, no surprise, and sciences. And then I went into corporate trainings, to private trainings, to a nonprofit organization. And then when I really transitioned into the coaching, I did do some homeschool tutoring until I was able to get my business to the point where financially it was ready to let the other go. Mm -hmm. So it, it's finding that balance. You know, very often people are kind of weary and afraid of that because they have an income coming in and they're not ready. So devote the time. It really comes down to how you keep your calendar. And when I work with people, it's so important to keep a very good calendar. And that means scheduling even your time with you. Schedule your morning time with you. Schedule your breaks. Schedule, you know, I'm done with work at four o'clock. So from four to six, I'm going to concentrate on this new idea. Absolutely. I'm just such an advocate, right? I teach people on productivity, schedule everything. Like even when you think that you are going to gym, you got to think of like, how long does it take you to get to the car, to park, to take car from a parking out, you're driving there, you're actually parking again and people forget to schedule this time. And then they got like back to back appointments when they start to schedule everything. And then they just overwhelm the game. And right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's really important. That's a great point because if you just put in like a 45 minute workout, well, you didn't schedule the other 30 minutes, the 15 to get there and the 15 to get back and just get totally productive. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So to, to what I'm hearing to transition, you get to create your schedule mm -hmm. and you got to decide on what you want and transition smoothly. That's what you are advocating for. Not definitely with my job and I'm going to do this. You know, it really, it, it's kind of, it depends on where you're at, right? It's, I mean, some people can, some people can afford to do that. Others can't. So it doesn't mean if you can't, it does not mean don't, don't start the new thing. You know, that that's not a reason to hold back. So yeah, don't, don't hold to the fear. Just like go forward anyway, just do it. Exactly. Well, and what is the most common mistake that you see people make on starting entrepreneurship or being entrepreneurs? I would say really the calendar is a big mistake because people don't necessarily do it and they don't get into a routine either because as an entrepreneur, you're working on your own, right? So if I'm not scheduled for a call at eight or nine, I kind of have more flexibility but that's not a good habit. So you really want to create really good, strong habits right from the get-go. So how do you create a good habit? And what, what is the science behind it? Like, what, how do we create the habits? So the habits, it all comes down to that neuroplasticity. It comes down to really being very strong and getting uncomfortable. For instance, setting your morning routine. Like I am a huge advocate for five minutes in the morning. What you do with those five minutes, it doesn't really matter to me, but I want you to ask yourself two questions. How do you want to feel today? And what do I need from today? And that's not a laundry list of things. It's what do you need from that day? And so in order to do that, it's making sure when that clock goes off, you're going to get out of bed. Are you going to exercise? 
I kind of roll out of bed and do a yoga routine just to get the blood flowing. A quick what jump rope. Routine? What else do you do for your day? So that's how I start. Personally, for me, that's how I start. I, I like a yoga and a jump rope thing because it's kind of quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> and coffee. That's my routine. Mm -hmm. But journaling, if you like to journal, journal. Morning pages. People like to meditate. Podcasts. You know, what that, whatever that is to just kind of center yourself, definitely do not do emails first thing when you get up. That's not a good way. It's actually, it really sucks a lot of time. You'll be surprised how quickly the, the clock goes by. So that's something that's really important. And then make sure that the night before you're, you're kind of looking at your calendar ahead. And it really, once you set these schedules up and you start the repeat and you keep doing it, it becomes a new pattern. So your morning routine becomes a new pattern. At night, I say, close everything out 30 minutes before you want to go to bed. Mm -hmm. You know, put the phone away, hopefully away from your desk, get a real alarm clock, write down three good things that happen that you're grateful for. And it could be repetitive. It could be, you know. I got up today. That's maybe is where you're at, you're at, but it just closes down the day, you know, it just shuts it down and then you can go to sleep because when you set up the night, then the morning is more successful. Mindset is huge for productivity. Mm -hmm. Yes, I totally agree. I mean, I worked specifically with the productivity calendar and the mindset is just the technology that we have and it's huge. And like, we're just launching it here in America. It's just all over uh, Russia and Europe. And it's just, okay. it's, I see this a huge because when you get up and you think like, okay, what do I have to do, right? It's like, those words are so important. Like, how do you relate? And you, you mentioned that, like, how do I want to feel Mm -hmm. Who do I want to be today? Like, right, if you're coming to the interview, like, how do I show up? Like, who do I want to be to make a great interview? And like, um, how, what is the other feelings that could stop us? Like you are such a right, biologist and you know, the whole, like the biology of our body and like, what's the other tricks and trips and like to do to get yourself to the, like this high state of being? You know, some of it includes in the whole self-awareness journey to quiet, I call them the four H's of self-doubt, feeling helpless, mm -hmm. feeling quiet, that hypercritical talk or the self-talk hiding where you feel like I'm an imposter and I'm not that organized and you're uncomfortably uncomfortable because you don't really like that task. Mm -hmm. And then that was three of them, I think, right? Hiding. <laughs> helpless. <laughs> yeah. Hypocritical, hiding, helpless, hopeless. Hypocritical. Maybe hopeless? <laughs> and hopeless, no. Um, it wasn't hopeless. I'm trying to think, actually. The negative, the self-talk, hiding. Hmm, I'm sorry. And well, there goes my brain. if it comes back to you, just share with us if it comes back to you. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know what the fourth one is. But uh, the negative talk and, and that... Could you talk more about like negative talk? Because I feel like we are all kind of guilty with this <laughs> you know a, a really good way to sort of start quieting that is if you think about it start talking to yourself like you're your best friend which you really should because you wouldn't say that some of well you wouldn't say most of what you're telling yourself to your best friend mm -hmm. right I mean you would certainly bite your tongue and never say some of the things so you have to stop that with yourself 
And the more you realize that you do it, you, you realize those triggers, you know, and it comes back sometimes, it goes way back to the imprint as a child. It goes back to someone saying you're not good enough or, you know, you're not doing this right or I'm disappointed in you. Certain buzzwords trigger something that you weren't even thinking about that might have happened when you were five years old. So it's really a matter of just understanding what that journey is and understanding that that's an imprint that is not, you know, serving you. So you got to let it go. You really do. So I kind of try and work through, through all that to, I call it the fear method, my fear method, which is like forgiveness. The F is huge and it's, it's forgiveness for you. Like acknowledge that something has happened, but you have the power to say, I'm going to move past it. Mm. Therefore, then you can emerge and accept this new you and then resolve how you want life to come, go forth. So forgiveness and then E? E is emerge. Emerge. A is accept. Accept. And R is resolve. Resolve. Accept. Resolve. That's a really cool acronym. So could you share like with the audience where they can find your work and where they can look for you? And sure. how get more of Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Easiest way probably is my website, which is just robinjoymyers.com. And I think all my links are go from there. So if you want to see my TED talk, that's on there. Uh, the link for it and type or coaching, excuse me, type of coaching that I do and, and how to get in touch with me. I offer anyone and everyone, if you feel like there's a limiting belief or something's just stressing you out just get on my calendar and we'll have a 40-minute conversation no strings attached just let's see if we can reset you in the right direction well yes thank you for uh, robin um, provide us a 40-minute discovery call us a, a gift for this session and also checklist what is the checklist about it the checklist is is uh, my tedx checklist actually is 10 things that you should ha have prepared that uh I found out after doing it <laughs> that when I sat down and thought about it, things that you don't really think about and you can use it really for taking any stage. So if you're speaking, whether it's a big keynote or you're just going in front of your team at your company, it's a great preparation list. Right. So you, you also do keynote, right? Preparation and for TEDx talks. Mm -hmm. Did you just speak a little bit about it? I felt like I, I missed that part and didn't even ask a question about the Tattoo Stalks. You have amazing Tattoo Stalks. Go guys and watch it. It's on loneliness and isolation. And mm -hmm. it's not. it wasn't made up yesterday. It was made up a really long time ago. And it's just so on, on time. And it just, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, when I got accepted to do the TEDx, it was TEDx Chelsea Park in New York. It was started as the theme of fear and then kind of winding down into loneliness and isolation. And so it is the science of loneliness and isolation. And it's amazing. Um, I just say that hiding plus fear plus loneliness equals isolation, but those three elements equal mm -hmm. isolation and hiding about not speaking your truth. And then the understanding that there is a science to fear and that loneliness, there's times loneliness is, lonely and i talk about like social media you know we're so connected but yet we're more lonely than ever before because we're always down in our media now at this time in the world today <laughs> we could use it for for good 
right? We could FaceTime, we could connect because obviously we can't leave our homes. So connect with your loved ones, connect with your coworkers so you don't feel lonely, that you're not isolated. So now's a good time to use your social media. Yeah, and Robin also mentioned that at 20s, that's the biggest statistic of people who are feeling more isolated, right? Could you say a couple words? Yes. So loneliness is of epidemic proportions mm-hmm. right now, more than, um, and it's real. It's just like thirst or hunger or pain. And it increases, it spikes in late 20s, mid 50s and late 80s. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking earlier, in your late 20s, it's, do I have the proper job? Am I, mm-hmm. do I have a significant other? You know, am I doing things right? And I want, and mid 50s, life's transitioning. Kids are older. You're probably taking care of your parents. Um, and 80s, you're probably losing friends or family if you're living that long. You know, people are dying around you. So they're significant times of your life. But just be comfortable. And that's where self-awareness comes in. You know, just be comfortable getting to know you, like really be able to truly love yourself, take care of yourself, especially as this, the virus and all of that, like really there's time to sleep, get to bed a little earlier, work a little more efficiently so you can work on whatever that passion project is that you've been dying to start. You have time. Yeah, thank you. If I if I only heard that before, <laughs> that will save my that will save my depression and my loneliness before. <laughs> That's so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And I really, really just so thrilled, so honored to have you here. And now, you know, especially in these times and really hear the science behind it and the having action steps, right, to how to balance our lives from you, Robin. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you all for watching it. And I'm excited to to see you in other series. Stay tuned and we'll have more amazing, amazing guests. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you love this podcast, please make sure to rate, subscribe and review it. And of course, you can get in touch with me everywhere online at purposeful with double l day.com and i can't wait to see you next time kisses <laughs>